And welcome to The Real Money Show. The number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Broadcasting worldwide and over the web for over six years, you're listening to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. Today in the studio, we have our president, uh, Paul. We have Jeremy, vice president, as well. We have Darren, our senior analyst. Uh, we are not, or they are not, our representatives or financial advisors or planners and past performance of gold, silver, or natural fancy color diamonds is not indicative of future performance. want to remind you, next week on the show, November 1st and 2nd, uh, 2nd be listening for a special guest, Paul Zimniski. He is a uh, diamond industry and analyst consultant. He will be discussing many interesting topics as it pertains to natural fancy color diamonds, including uh, supply and demand, among others. And finally, before we get into it, you want to sign up for this. This is the Guildhall Natural Fancy Color Diamond Seminar, November 8th. That's November 8th, a Saturday, and it'll be the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center, 6750 Mississauga Road in Mississauga. From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., you'll want to be here. This information is going to be uh, Intriguing and necessary, and you're going to want to have it when you're uh, investing in natural fancy color diamonds. Again, Guildhall Diamonds to start registering and investing for that. Paul, let's yeah, talk diamonds. John, it Love really it. is important that people register for this mm-hmm. seminar. This is going to be an exciting seminar. Um, you really need to register to, to learn a lot about what's happening in these diamond markets, especially in the supply and demand. The results from the Argyle tender uh, came in as of October the 7th, and the prices actually went a little silly this year. The prices mm. were as, up as much as 30% because of, because of the Asia demand, especially out of China and Japan and, of course, India. These prices have gone you know, crazy on Argyle. The Argyle mine is going to probably close in 2018 or up to 2020. You have to remember the Argyle mine produces 90% of all pinks that are mined in the world. Mm. Now, their actual total production of pinks is only one-tenth of 1% of that total mine's production. So... What is produced out of that mine is very, very small, and these diamonds are going up like crazy. Uh, in the studio today, I brought you in a couple of diamonds just to oh. look at, John. I know you always get excited. I get to take them home? No, not Didn't these. Didn't think so. Not these. Yeah. This is a beautiful green yeah. diamond. Now, green is really, really a rare color in a colored diamond. Uh, that is a VVS2, which, again, is even harder to get because of the clarity. Most of the diamonds are SI1, SI2 when you buy a green. But this is the most stunning diamond, and we have a green diamond on our website as well, uh, which is going to be going up this week. Um, the diamond is a 0.37. It's a fancy green VS2. Uh, this diamond, in actual fact, is appraised around about $40,000. It's going to be on for $24,000. This is the type of diamond that you can put away for your kids' education or for your retirement, hold it for 10, 15 years, and this diamond could easily fetch $100,000 in 15 to 20 years' time. If you so, can stop looking at it, this thing's amazing. Isn't it stunning? Oh, Look at the colors that are coming up for that diamond. You barely have to tilt your finger at all, any direction, and the fire and sparkle coming off this thing is unimaginable. You'll be Becoming a good salesman. Thank you. But for again, okay. But but it's a magnificent stone. But because of the color green, very hard Mm -hmm. color to find. You know, natural fancy colored diamonds come in several different colors: yellow, pinks, blues, greens, oranges, purple. Red is you know the rarest color of all. But we've also brought out today a pink, and that's an intense pink. Um, And that that stone, in actual fact, is a point two seven. Fancy Intense VS2, the stone's appraised at $80,000. Incredible stone. It's an argyle pink, and that stone you'll be able to pick up 
for as little as $40,000. And again, this is the type of stone that you put away for 5, 10, 15 years. You're going to double, triple, quadruple your money. It is a great, great, great investment. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. In the studio today with me, uh, I have Jeffrey Naiman, who is actually the president of Cardiac Kids, which is a charity that we are sponsoring at Woodbine Racetrack uh, next Wednesday. Jeff, why don't you tell us what you do? Well, thank you very much, Paul, and good evening. I'd like to thank all my lovely sponsors and and friends here today. I run a charity called Cardiac Kids. Cardiac Kids is a charity for children who are born with congenital heart disease, and it's a challenge that we all face. And again, I'd like to thank my sponsors for that evening who have already educated me a little bit about the diamond business with regards to something they refer to as the four C's. Hmm. And the four C's refer to color, clarity, the cut of a diamond, and a carat weight of that diamond. Well, for cardiac kids, we also have our four C's. And the four C's are the following. The first one is confusion. When you're born with a child who has any kind of defect or any kind of ailment, the first thing is you're confused and you don't know what to do. So cardiac kids has tried to make that a little bit easier for those families. The second C is complications. Because on a little baby, just imagine that some of these surgeons are operating on kids who are three, four, five, six months Mm -hmm. old and what they have to deal with and how complicated that situation could be. The third C is caring. Because what does everybody need that's so important is you want to make sure that your child's being cared for properly. And that's why we go out and do all these fundraising events. Cardiac Kids has been around for 14 years, and we've been very fortunate. We've raised a little over $3 million with our focus on, first of all, the nurses, who to me are that fourth line using a sports analogy, who Mm -hmm. do all the dirty work. Then we have the parents who have to deal with having these children born. Because remember, a congenital heart defect is not something you can cure, it's a repair. And then the fourth C is compassion, because we all need that. And I can't thank my friends at Guildhall Wealth Management enough for sponsoring this event. We'll have over 400 people from all kinds of walks, and it's also our evening where we give thanks and appreciation to all our wonderful sponsors. So we'll have over 100 nurses from the Hospital for Sick Children there. And it's such a, it's so easy access to get to Woodbine Racetrack. There's no reason why you can't get there in a flash. It's a great venue. It's going to be a wonderful night. I live right beside it, so I'll be there for sure. Excellent. Well, the thing is, you know, it is by invite, and we've invited a lot of guests and yep. people that work, you know, in, in the field, uh, mm-hmm. the nurses and the doctors and, and the people that sponsor during the course of the year. But part of the sales of the diamonds, and we're going to be uh, raffling off some beautiful necklaces and uh, some pieces and anything that we raise towards this charity, a percentage will go towards the charity. And uh, we're really excited to be a part of this and to help promote this wonderful, wonderful cause. Yeah, we created uh, these heart-shaped pendants with uh, natural fancy yellow diamonds in them, and we're going to be raffling them off. And and as Paul mentioned, uh, proceeds from the sale of these pendants, uh, the ones that aren't going to be raffled off, are going to go to Cardiac Kids. And we've actually extended that towards uh, through the holiday season because people really love these pendants. We make uh, flower versions, uh, floral versions, and and the heart-shaped versions have been very popular. And any any of these pendants that uh, are sold... 
between now through Christmas um, are going to go to the charity as well. So uh, we're, we're doing our best. We, we love working with Jeff, and um, we've learned a lot as well. So it's been a great, uh, great experience to be a part of. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com to get us back in there and start investing, Paul. Well, for people listening for the first time or they've been listening to this show over a period, you have to realize that natural fancy colored diamonds are extremely rare. For every ten thousand carats of white diamonds that are mined, only one carat will be a natural fancy colored diamond. That doesn't mean it's going to be an investment grade. To get an investment grade natural fancy colored diamond, you have to mine almost a hundred thousand carats of white diamonds so these diamonds are extremely rare if you go to our website guildhall diamonds you're going to see an unbelievable selection of internally flawless yellow diamonds over a carat each diamond we suggest in yellow should be over a carat for investment um they're internally flawless. They start off in the $10,000 range and go up. We have fancy, intense, and vivid. We have a wonderful collection of pinks. Look at the pinks. These are the diamonds that tend to double, especially argyle pinks, every three to four years. one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Jeff, tell me, how can other people get involved with Cardiac Kids? If they go to our website, it's www.cardiackids.ca, and I encourage everyone to do so. Obviously, you'll see the Guildhall Wealth Management logo up there as well as one of our wonderful sponsors. I'd like to reiterate what Jeremy said about the heart-shaped uh, pendants that we're putting up. Um, actually, it's going to be at uh, Woodbine Racetrack for this charity, but we're also taking these pendants all the way up to Christmas. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift. They start off at $3,995, um, up to about $5,500. You can, you know, be because the size of the diamond or the color of the diamond will change the price a little bit. But a beautiful gift, a great way to get started in investing in natural fancy colored diamonds. Because once you get the taste of these natural fancy colored diamonds, you're going to want to get into more, whether it's a bigger pendant or a larger mm-hmm. ring or something, which we call wealth to wear, by the way. Once you're buying one of these investment diamonds, they increase in value. They're not like white diamonds. White diamonds tend not to do anything. They're an impulse item, whether you get a, an engagement ring or you get something for Valentine's Day or something for Christmas. It's not an item that really goes up in value in white diamonds. Natural fans and colored diamonds will have always increased in price. For the last 40 years since they've been keeping records, they've never, ever, ever dropped in price. They've increased in depressions, in recessions, in the subprime, in real estate collapses and everything that's possibly happened in the last 40 years. Natural fancy color diamonds have still increased in value. So it's a wonderful opportunity to make an investment, make an investment that part of the portion of this is also going to go to this wonderful charity, Cardiac Kids. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. We'll take a short break. Reminder before uh, we take that break, though, coming up on the 1st and 2nd of November, special guest on the show, Paul Zemniski will be here, independent diamond industry and analyst expert and consultant. Back with more of the real money show. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to start investing and the real money show.com online. Paul. John, I have a quick story. Uh, we have a, a customer, it was not a customer, it was somebody wanted to sell me back a couple of diamonds that he purchased from someone else. Uh, these diamonds, in actual fact, did not meet my criteria. Hmm. Um, he sent me in the GIAs. I looked at the GIAs. Uh, if he would have purchased these stones from us, I would have been happy to take the diamonds back and happy to resell them because when we buy a natural fancy color diamond, we really go out of our way to buy the best of the best. Now, this means the four C's, the color, the clarity, the cut, and the carat weight, but there's a lot more that goes into it. We have on board, and I'm very proud of my own daughter, who is a GIA 
a diamond graduate. It's important that you understand somebody that knows about diamond grading. We don't buy anything or I won't purchase anything from my own collection that I wouldn't be happy to sell and buy back. So that's the most important thing. Every diamond that we sell comes with a GIA, which is a Gemology Institute of America. That is the certification of the diamond. We give you an independent appraisal, so you get an idea of what the market is of the price of a diamond. Uh, we give you a, a money-back guarantee for a, a period of time. We're a Canadian company. We're a Canadian business. We're a family business. That's important. You're dealing with people that understand the business. I'm a collector first, and I'm a businessman second. I love natural fancy-colored diamonds. I've had wonderful returns for myself, and I expect to make wonderful returns for my clients. one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Hey, Darren. How are you, John? How are you, pal? You know what? I'm having a good week. It's, good. Uh, it's a congratulatory week for some clients who bought new diamonds. I don't know if the guys already said that, but no, we it's, didn't uh, it's say a wonderful thing diamond. to thank people that have brought business to us. And I couldn't be more ecstatic for these new clients that have bought these colored diamonds because they're seeing the value in what we're talking about and they understand the concept of owning a hard asset. So well done for them and congratulations. Well, when you buy an investment-grade diamond, you should buy from somewhere that actually sells investment-grade diamonds, like Guildhall. Speaks well, you to wouldn't your buy point, a right? Ferrari with a scratching dent, would you? I mean, <laughs> exactly. it just doesn't make any sense. So if you buy the best of the best, you're going to pay maybe a little bit more, but you're going to buy something that you're going to be able to resell, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. You want to buy something that's going to get you a return, not that somebody doesn't want to take back. Guys, let me ask you a question. Darren, I'll shoot it to you first. What are some of the, the stumbling blocks, if you will, that someone who's new to buying natural fancy color diamonds might encounter first off when they first walk in? Well, the biggest issue for us, I think for me, and I think Jeremy should answer this separately, but uh, for, for me, it's trust. This is an asset they're not familiar with. Uh, they've never really had any experience with. And quite frankly, anything they know about jewelry uh, completely is is 100% segregated from what a colored diamond would do for them as an investment as opposed to a piece of jewelry. And, and quite often, and it does relate to silver too or, or gold, they look at these as assets that are more worn, like jewelry and things of that nature. So trust is the biggest thing uh, right off the bat. And you know, you need to know who your client is. So listening, opening up your ears to hear what they have to say and uh, what they want to achieve is the most important. I can sit here and tell you that with 100% certainty, every client that comes in would like to make money. But if you don't know why, if you don't know how much, and if you don't know what it's for, uh, you don't really have a good idea of exactly how to achieve that. And if, listen, you want to make a million dollars, you need to own a pretty sizable diamond. But uh, for the most part, it's establishing trust with the client. That's the biggest thing. They don't know what the colored diamond market is, what a colored diamond is, and how it works. So that's a long process, and that's exactly why people do trust the name Guildhall when it comes to colored diamonds. Jeremy, I'm going to throw it to you. Same question for newbies, what's the biggest stumbling block yeah, other think, than trust? I think Darren touched upon it. I think it's the jewelry paradigm. I, I, when I'm talking about people that I encounter outside of the offices of Guildhall where the we have a lot of people with experiences that have experienced purchasing jewelry and hoping that they bought a piece that will that will uh, stand the test of time, as it were, or there's people that will say, well... I'm never going to take it off, so I really don't care what the value is. And to me, what's ironic about that is, well, then why spend over $20,000 for something that you don't care what it's going to be worth in 15, 20 years? Get something out of a Cracker Jack box. Um, so I think that jewelry paradigm has does affect, and that's what's keeping 
colored diamonds the best kept secret because people need to appreciate just how rare they are and even within that rare pocket of of understanding the high criteria that you want to look for to get to what we call investment grade natural fancy colored diamonds so uh, i think again that that jewelry aspect that that people think that well white diamonds don't keep their value why would a colored diamond be any different so when it comes down to really grasping that rarity is a big one that's part of the reason why we're having paul zemnisky on the show because he's an analyst about Mm -hmm. about the diamond industry in general and we're going to be talking about how many how many diamonds are coming out of the ground what's what's the mining industry like how rare are diamonds how rare are colored diamonds as a, as a result. And that's going to be happening November 1st and 2nd, by the way, on this show, Darren. That's right. And uh, it's something that we're going to follow up. We do it on the metal side, of course, as you know, John, in interviewing uh, a lot of uh, mainstream analysts and some not-so-mainstream analysts to get their opinion and take on the markets. But this is uh, a very important thing to do. And ultimately, I think it, it stands to reason that if I'm going to invest in something I don't know a lot about, maybe I don't just want to take the opinion of the people that are trying to offer this investment or sell to you. So this is important too. And I think what you're going to find with these interviews, uh, and I don't want to have any preconceived notions because I have no idea what they're going to say, but I think what you're going to find is that they're going to acknowledge uh, a coming of age for this industry and that uh, things like colored diamonds, among other hard assets, are uh, becoming mainstream. And really the front end of this buying that's being done right now is the very astute uh, aspect of any investment. And remember, all these bull markets, whether it's colored diamonds or precious metals or any other thing, they go through various phases. And usually that first phase is uh, that the mainstream does not accept it as a legitimate thing. I've been to plenty of dinner parties where people have talked to me about, oh, yeah, it's great to have a colored diamond. How do you sell it? Well, let me tell you, I can sell it for you, right? And I mean, I've been to plenty of different uh, occasions, fundraisers where people talk about colored diamonds, but they talk about it in a way that makes it seem like it's second best or like, uh, well, if I didn't have any other choices, I might do it. Well, the other problem I have with this is that the fact that people don't pay attention, that they're being lied to right to their face. I mean, when we look at Economics 101, the mainstream economics that's occurring, that are occurring right now, especially post-recession here in 2014, uh, are economics which are twisted and manipulated and uh, often are leading us in the wrong direction because uh, the people at the very top, the institutions, the Federal Reserves, the central banks, the governments, they need to promote an image, their brand, in order to stay in power, and that's what they're doing. So it doesn't surprise me that colored diamonds and assets like colored diamonds are starting to grow in popularity, and it hasn't surprised me that silver and, and gold have had this tremendous run over the last 10 years with barely anybody investing in it. I mean, if you look at silver and gold, 4% or less of the entire global, uh, globally managed asset base of investors have actually had exposure to, to silver or gold. Hmm. If you look at color diamonds, it's probably less than one-tenth of 1%. It's tiny in comparison. So to see these people taking uh, a risk and and sometimes going out on a limb to try something they've never tried before, I think they're becoming extremely pleased at what they're seeing and the value increase and the return on investment that they're getting from Colored Diamonds. one 878 silver on therealmoneyshow.com. Jeremy, what, uh, what do investors like about Colored Diamonds? I think one of the big things they like is the fact that they don't have to 
watch their investment so closely. They don't have to have heart palpitations when it's moving up and down. Um, they don't have to deal with that disappointment that a lot of investors have where they're trying to pick the right investment and uh, the, the right stock, for example. Um, and, and then it's, it's getting into the actual collecting there's such an, an enjoyment and an appreciation that comes out when, when clients purchase their first and then a lot of times their second and third diamonds because there are very few investments out there that you can appreciate while you while it's it's in, increasing in value. You know, there's art. Uh, I suppose there, there's wine and, and certain types of collectibles. But oh, there's the, wine. The, this this market is is a very is a small big market. I mean, when you look at the auctions and seeing diamonds that are six seven carats selling for uh, multiple millions of dollars, you start to say, okay, this this is a, a place where I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the lead of the of the uber wealthy. So I think that's what people are really, really enjoying about uh, colored diamonds. And uh, you wanted to say something, Darren? Well, I did. I wanted to say, i just waiting for you to finish because I think to add to that, one thing that we have to acknowledge about where the money is going is that people that usually have gained wealth have become knowledgeable about how to invest and how to uh, how to put themselves in a position, leverage themselves, if you will, to earn a return. So when you see these people, wherever they are in the world, buying colored diamonds at these exorbitant prices, far more than we would have ever estimated, I think you have to acknowledge that they are very smart people. They're very astute and they understand things a lot differently than you and I do. And uh, this is a good thing because when you can scale this down to a yellow one carat vivid, uh, maybe a smaller pink diamond and get it into the hands of the mainstream uh, investor, this is bringing the knowledge to the people, and this is why people are making so much money with colored diamonds. At this point, it's kind of cool to be part of a, a very small, specific club, right? It is. I mean, it is a club, and there's no doubt that there's a membership involved in that club, and that's owning your first diamond. So when you get to that stage, you have to ask the questions, you have to uh, get the answers, and you have to be part of something that's very special. And that's why investment-grade colored diamonds are wholly different than any other type of diamond in this world. One eight seven seven eight silver and the Real Money Show. Uh, the Natural Fancy Color Diamond Seminar. It's going to be happening November 8th, and you want to be at this sign-up early. It is at the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center. Address, 6750 Mississauga Road in Mississauga. Again, November 8th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can go to guildhalldiamonds.com to register. We'll talk about precious metals. Hang on. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com. We're gonna get into precious metals. The guys are here doing jumping jacks. It's like uh, working with Rocky Balboa over here. I'm talking about you, Jeremy. Ah, uh, that was Darren. Oh, sure it was. He's always sitting. I do look felt this week, though. <laughs> you do look felt. You, you mistake, Good word you, use, my friend. Yeah, you mistook me for chair, so that's got to be saying something, right? Guys, I've been doing some homework. Uh, yeah, I never did it all the way through my school career, but now that I'm in my mid-40s, I figured it was time to get on it. Uh, we're calling this the 19 Very Surprising Facts About the Messed Up State of the U.S. Economy. Uh, we can go through a few of these. Darren, you're probably going to answer this one. I have a fact for you. Uh, in fact, I've called it fact number two. The number of part-time workers in America, America, has increased by 54% since the last recession began in 2007. Meanwhile, the number of full-time jobs has dropped by more than a million over the same time period. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's the easy way to look at it. I mean, if you're smart enough to do the research, you'll find that this data is actually accurate. And the sad thing is that instead of looking at this data from a practical perspective and applying it to investing, investing principles, I'm having a tough time with that word today, uh, we end up uh, we end up 
looking at the headlines. Mm-hmm. It's the common mistake we make. We hear the headlines. We hear the job reports. Great. We hear the numbers are up. We don't think about how they're measured. We don't think about what the reality is in terms of full versus part. And we don't think about the quality of the careers that are being started and what's being lost since 2007 in the in nutshell is quality careers. No longer do we look. And I heard a conversation today. I'm in chorus radio and I hear the conversation today. Two guys talking about working for GM and the one guy says to the other guy says, do you remember 10 years ago when we started at GM? Do you remember we thought it was going to be a career? And the one guy said, the other guy said, now every day it's like I'm fearful that I'm going to lose my job. And that's what's happened. It's the massive change in mentality. So with that change in mentality, why shouldn't we have a change in mentality about the way we invest our money? Mm -hmm. We talked about colored diamonds earlier in the show. Now we're talking about gold and silver bullion and physical bullion at that. Not paper, not futures, not options, not getting in the stock market. So those are all fine if you have uh, an educated approach and you're working with somebody you can trust. But this is about owning a few bars of silver. 100-ounce bars, maybe owning a few one-ounce bars of gold. If you're an investor, maybe putting a little bit more money into the market because this is the type of investment over the long term which has performed extremely well. Do we know that in the short term, silver and gold have functioned very poorly over the last probably 36 months? Yes. But in 10 years that we've been doing this, in fact, silver has averaged over 27% per year gain, and that's including the 36 months that we've just gone through, a period in which we've consolidated. We've seen pricing pull back from a high, and ultimately, as I wrote this week in the Precious Metals Advisor, it is a contrarian point of view, John. There's no doubt about it. The people who take the time, and you've researched it yourself, who take the time to uh, look at the numbers will learn very quickly that uh, there is a difference between what the headline says and what the reality is. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. You talked about uh, investing and doing alternative investments, smart investments, hard assets. Jeremy, uh, I mean, you don't have kids yet, but Darren and I both do. This statistic, interesting as well, says due to a lack of uh, decent jobs, college graduates still, still, depending on their parents financially, two years out of school. How about that one? How about get a job? They're still relying on their How parents. About a career? Two years after school. It's, they haven't got a choice. The they have no it's money. becoming the norm now. Right? It's becoming the norm. Absolutely. Sorry. I, I, that went over my head a little bit. I didn't realize what you were saying. You're saying that that kids after school are living with their parents. After for, college for after two college years. For up to two years, yeah. if not longer. Yep. Can't afford to be out on their own. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, I, 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 I see that. And you, um, being in Toronto, you go out, you see a lot of kids spending a lot of money and at, at decent restaurants and you wonder where the hell are they getting all of this from uh must because they're living rent they live free. at home they're living rent free so um yeah i think it's a, a question of a lack of jobs i think any personally speaking i think any economy that's gonna lose their manufacturing sector and then have a whole bunch of university graduates are going to have a tough time finding jobs for them and i think that's part of the whole consumer culture that we see in in north america so that doesn't that doesn't really surprise me. I think that um, the the job situation in general is tough. Uh, the the numbers are skewed very heavily. Um, you know, we were all really happy about the U.S. finding jobs a few months ago, and it hasn't done anything for the stock market. And when you're when you're not paying attention to those who are dropping off from even looking for jobs, um, you know, the future doesn't look exactly uh, bright. It definitely looks bleak. And I think that people are starting to think about that in terms of their portfolios, in terms of, okay, what does that mean for my portfolio? 
Is it inflationary? Is it deflationary? Um, w- what does this mean when the government's creating all this money, but the jobs aren't aren't being created? It's going to take some strife and and some turbulence to, for economies to eventually work themselves out. In the in the interim, w- what vehicle are you taking to 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 do better for yourself? It's so funny. I was listening to something on Fox News. This guy was going on about how volatile the markets were, how crazy it was that things were basically on the verge of, of crashing. He wasn't he wouldn't call it a crash just yet, but we were three percent away from that hmm. or seven percent away from that. And uh, he just kept going on and on. Stock market sucks is what the, the premise was. And eventually they asked him, so where would you put your money? And he said, U.S. Treasuries. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to put my money with a country that no one in the world wants to buy their treasuries except themselves, and I should be putting my money into that instead of the stock market, which is where all that money they're printing is going anyway. It seems quite backwards. At least if you're going to buy buy into the Fed printing money, just buy that buy into the stock market then and keep riding it. The thing is, and Darren mentioned this slightly earlier, is fiat currencies do not have a good track record. Gold and silver do have a good track record thousands of years worth of a track record against fiat currencies. And in the last 10, 10 years, gold and silver have done quite well. Right now, they're extremely undervalued versus the amount of money creation that's out there. But that will revert to a mean that the pendulum will swing. We see it every day, people saying, you know what, I need a little bit of this in my portfolio. So we believe that having your, your hard-earned dollars and your wealth stored in something that has stored value for thousands of years is just a, a, a logical way to go. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. Darren. Well, Jeremy brings up a good point, and I'm glad he did because it reminds me of something that I like to use when we talk about uh, uh, gold and silver at our seminars, and that is the comparison of value over the long term. And one little example of that uh, value over the long term can be found in silver. If you look back to the mid-60s, probably around 64, 65, a gallon of gas in Canada would run at about 30 cents a gallon. Awesome. We hadn't converted to the new measurement system, so we were still on gallons, and you could buy that with three dimes. It was still leaded. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was easy. Walk away and 30 cents, you got a gallon of gas. Now, if I fast forward to 2014 and I apply those three dimes to my buying power, <laughs> what does it secure me today? Back then, it bought me a gallon of gas. Not so, even bubble gum. No. Uh, that's the only thing that comes to mind if you, you think can't, about it. You can't it. even make a public phone call. You can. You can't put 30 cents in the phone anymore, right? I mean, you got to put more. Yeah. But the reality is, if I was to extract the silver out of those three dimes, which were still made back then with up to 90% silver in them, I could still buy that one gallon of gas today. In fact, I could buy more than a gallon of gas. I could buy about just over $5 worth of gas, and a gallon in Canada right now is running us four and change. So, in fact, over the last 40-some-odd years, and then some, almost 50, We've managed to have uh, buying power stored in a hard asset like silver, and that is through every type of imaginable uh, type of marketplace, whether it's been a boom-bust market, whether we've seen the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, that's something to be said for the value of silver over the long haul. And we're not financial advisors. We're not advocating either that, that people should put all of their money into precious metals. 
10, 15% is going to be plenty to, to create a hedge, a hedge for that. But I'm going to take your three dimes, Darren, and raise you, uh, Lyndon Johnson, who's, who, the, his reason for taking silver out of the currency in the first place was because he said that there wasn't enough silver at the time. And now there's even less silver above ground than there was then. In fact, there's five times more gold above ground than silver. So silver is five times more rare than gold, which means essentially supply-demand. Silver should be five times the price of right. gold right now. People are buying as much money as going into silver that's going into gold, and silver is 70 times cheaper than, than gold right now. You need 70 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold, give or take. So there's a whole bunch more silver being purchased every day um, by regular people than there is gold, and yet the price is at $17 an ounce below what I strongly believe is below the cost of production. And mining companies can't continue to make profits at these levels. And we talked about, I think last week or the week before, that one company has shut down production, a part, a part of its production because of that. So we have a situation in the market where silver is not only undervalued, but a diminishing resource that has the lowest supply than in history and the highest demand in terms of technologies and usages, and it's really just a matter of time before that fundamental has to has to be a force to be reckoned with in this market. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com. I take you to point number eight on our list right now, Darren. You ready? Yeah, I am. It says, according to a new method of calculating poverty devised by the U.S. Census Bureau, the state of California, California the big one, currently has a poverty rate of 23.4%. That is a reality. And remember, when we're talking about statistics, uh, the mistake that is made quite frequently is that people look at a measuring, uh, the measuring data and the equation to measure that data as it uh, relates to the economy now. If we look back just a few years ago, say Clinton era, uh, around that time, the way we used to measure participation rate in the um, job sector and uh, the overall participation rate in terms of total employed is a lot different. If we applied that same equation to today's market, and of course, this is so that it can be convenient for the people that it needs to be convenient for. If we apply that same uh, equation, what you would find right now in the U.S. is that the unemployment rate is actually closer to 20%. So seeing this type of statistic in a state like California, a very large state, there's nothing uh, that surprises me about that at all. Jeremy, other than melting down 370s dimes to get the silver, how do I get a hold of my, how do I get my hands on, on silver from Gildall? So we do it in a, a couple ways. It's always physical assets. You can buy direct through our e-commerce store. You just go to guildhallwealth.com, uh, register for an account, and then you can purchase uh, whatever type of bullion you want. You can uh, then have it delivered straight to your door. It's very, very easy. Once you get up above 500 ounces or of silver or pretty much anything over $5,000 worth, you should really start to consider storage, and we offer that in spades. It is a outside-the-banking-system vault um, we allocate, we segregate your bullion. 
We give you title document. You can visit your bullion whenever you want. It's fully insured, audited four times a year. It uh, doesn't get to look much better than this. Um, we have a, a seven-point uh, system that uh, we're going to show on a report that's going to come out very soon just to show that you know you really want to have all of the check marks when you're going to store your bullion. But in terms of getting into the market, you can contact us direct. Uh, just give us a call, and we can walk you through your first order. Uh, and again, whether you want to buy that online or just give us a call and we can we can set you up. And Darren, always good to have the Precious Metal Advisor uh, on your back pocket too, right? It's free. I mean, we, we bring it out to everybody every week and at least for 12 months, you'll get it for free. Uh, no obligation and certainly uh, it's a tool definitely to be used in establishing your portfolio. We'll take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number to start investing, you know it, one eight seven seven eight silver and online therealmoneyshow.com. Darren, I want to uh, jump back into our list of the nine 19 very surprising facts about the messed up state of the U.S. economy. Sorry to harp on it, guys, down there, down south, but it's a, it's a fact. It's messed up. I take you to point number nine, my friend. According to the New York Times, the typical American household, quote unquote, is now worth 36% less than it was worth a decade ago. Well, that is a true statistic. I've well, looked at this uh, time and time again, and the fact is that if a decade ago I bought silver, I'm in fact 300% plus better than I was 10 years ago. So if in fact I took that loss and I had it in silver, I would in fact be actually worth a lot more at this point. Now that's not suggesting that everybody's a winner. Uh, There are winners and losers in every market, but that is a statistic which does shed some light on the type of difficulty that people have had maintaining their wealth. Likewise, in Canada, the same thing can be said. We have had a tremendously difficult time uh, maintaining what we have struggled so hard to build in terms of our portfolio, our wealth, and it has caused us a tremendous amount of grief. And the outcome from that grief is now that many people don't know where to put their money. It's not necessarily that they're going to stop doing what they've been doing, which is contributing to their regular traditional investments on a yearly basis. That's not stopping. But there is a big whack of money, John, on the sidelines right now. In fact, almost a trillion dollars in Canada that's sitting in cash because people are very uncomfortable with what the next step should be. And I think they're right to be uncomfortable. I think they should be doing their research and they should be looking into alternative options for investment. Hard assets is one of those areas that should certainly be part of everybody's portfolio and gold and silver are the key ingredients within that portfolio arrangement. So when you look at what we've discussed today in terms of colored diamonds and and, uh, uh, gold and silver, Wealth is made up of many facets, and these are just one of those facets. But I think that it should be part of everybody's portfolio. And unfortunately, I don't want to see people lose more value when they're investing in things that they shouldn't be investing in. And when you look at the U.S. dollar in the last 100 years, it's lost over 95 98% of its value. Every year, people have to make more money to keep up with that. Otherwise, you'd still be paying 10 15 cents for a coffee. The last decade, they've they've tripled their monetary base in in a matter of a few months. Um, you know, we we talk with frustrated clients who've purchased metal uh, in the past at higher prices, and they're wondering, well, when can prices ever move up again? And while we don't have a full crystal ball, um, you know, and we don't have access to central bankers' private rooms where they're discussing what they're going to be doing, what we do know is that this is one big experiment that they've 
that the Fed itself has created $4 trillion out of nowhere that nobody's bought that money with and helped push the stock market up while the rest of the economy just doesn't seem to be uh, buying into this, uh, this illusion. So I think when people are asking where's the price price headed, when is it going to happen, I think you've got to look at, at black swan events. Look at the last year and a half. Look at how many countries are starting to create trade deals where they're going to not use the U.S. dollar. Um, the U.S. dollar is in, in trouble that way, and, and no wonder the price has moved up to, to give the appearance that it's strong. So I think that this could only be a, an event-driven market that we don't know where that next big event is going to happen. But all you have to do is look at the history of the U.S. dollar. These events do happen, uh, whether it's 87 stock market crash, uh, whether it's the dot-com bubble, whether it's um, subprime, uh, whether it's the strong inflation in the 70s. You know, they were able to quell that with, with double interest rate hikes. Do you know what, they would, what would happen in Canada or the U.S. if rates were, got hiked to, to double digits? It would be calamity. So we are in an, uh, an experimental fishbowl here, and it doesn't look like the ending's going to be good. So, so again, we're, we're not, we're not uh, advisors, and we don't advocate holding 100% of your portfolio in precious metals, but it can certainly be an amazing hedge. And the last 10 years have already shown that. Even with three years of the market not doing a whole lot, it's still holding value. It can't go to zero, but currencies can. And any fiat currency shows that it can drop to zero. So we think it's a great time to buy it, especially since it's so undervalued right now. And the easiest way to do that is to either just call us direct or go to guildhallwealth.com, register on the e-store, and, and just make a purchase. What I want to pick up on there as well is Jeremy made a, um, a statement there that sometimes people overlook in terms of their importance and what it means. And he said that over the last 100 years, the U.S. dollar has lost approximately 90 to 95 percent of its purchasing power. And when I hear that, I often ask myself, how if I was a layman person, would I understand what that means? And essentially what it means is that if you go back 100 years ago, in terms of its total purchasing power the world over globally – the U.S. dollar would buy 90 to 95 percent more than it does now. Now, despite the fact that it's the reserve currency, and yes, it's a very strong currency at the moment, uh, that means that against the basket of currencies it currently is measured up against, which is the euro and the yen and the Swedish krona and the the pound and the Canadian dollar, uh, against all of those uh, currencies, in fact, it's not so much that the U.S. dollar is getting stronger. It's that some of those other currencies are slightly weaker over the short term. So sometimes those fluctuations can be a little bit uh, alarming because we think that it's the strength in the U.S. economy that's building up. And believe me, the headlines want to tell us that. But the reality is it can be that the other currencies it's measured against are actually weakening. So when it comes to this and understanding it, I mean, it's a lot to swallow. It's a very complex topic. But assets like gold and silver, that's the reason why we look at them long term and not not short term. I wouldn't buy silver if I needed to uh, be out of the market by the end of this year. I mean, this is not a smart thing to do. Silver and gold are long-term investments. They've always been long-term investments. And these are the assets that you hold over periods of time in which there is economic turmoil. And Jeremy pointed it out. These are event-driven markets. And that's what will take gold and silver much, much higher. The bottom line, of course, though, is if we're looking at silver, which is our favorite, is it only has to go into the mid thirty dollar range to to double your money. So with that understood, take ten percent of your portfolio, put it into silver, 
that type of doubling your money is going to add serious percentage points to your to your overall gains. You know, I talked to to someone the other day who has uh, GICs less than two percent. Okay, so you're signing on to lose money every year because inflation is well above three percent. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com. Darren bouncing right back into the nineteen very surprising facts about the U.S. Uh, and their uh, messed up economy, the state of their economy. Anyway, uh, I take it to number twelve, which says subprime loans now make up thirty one percent of all auto loans in America. Uh, didn't that end up really badly when the housing industry did the same thing? It did, and it right? still is. Most of the debt that the Fed is buying uh, remains the toxic debt that stemmed from the subprime mortgage crisis. And that debt doesn't just leave. It doesn't get paid off all of a sudden. When there's nobody to pay it off, it has to float It has to float elsewhere through the balance sheet. Uh, this is, again, a process uh, of elimination. There are multiple ways to lend, and there are lots of people to lend to, but the idea of credit and establishing credit has become such a big business in the U.S. and the world over, really, that it's very easy for companies now to acquire some credit and give it out to people who really shouldn't get it. So what you're seeing now is a lot of very, very shady deals happen in the car industry. And that, again, remember, is serving to help pump up the headlines because, of course, Auto buying is one of those big mainstream headlines that we use to tout the uh, healthiness of an economy. So we talk about housing, we talk about jobs, car loans, how many cars are being bought, another big, huge segment and sector. So when we see that number being bounced about, it is very alarming to see that that much of the industry that's buying is using the subprime purchasing method. And again, it does only end one way, and that's bad. And we could see a very, very big drop in a short period of time in that. one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money com. So again, Jeremy, how do we get into this market with you guys quickly? Uh, you can give us a call. Uh, you can request an investor kit if you're still new to it and want to understand the fundamentals, whether it's uh, the impact of fiat currencies, whether it's supply and demand. Um, there's four major fundamentals that we look at in terms of why we love owning precious metals. So you can either request an investor kit. You can also sign up to our, our newsletter. Maybe you want to learn, uh, get involved, and, and see the type of articles that we discuss on the show every week and, and see the charts that we're discussing. You can also just log on to guildhallwealth.com. You can uh, go to the e-store and uh, just simply purchase it from your living room and have it delivered straight to you. If you're looking for storage, we provide that as well, um, fully allocated, fully segregated. Uh, it's held in trust. There's uh, no counterparty risk. It's outside the banking system. Uh, couldn't be safer, couldn't be more secure, um, and very liquid, very easy to buy and sell your product that way versus you know putting it in a safety deposit box where, yep, yeah, you can go look at it. You can go visit your bullion but when it comes time to sell you know a thousand ounces weighs uh, i believe about 70 pounds mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta stop what you're doing put that in the car drive it somewhere where you're going to be able to sell it maybe need to get it assayed as well all that time time is money so you could be you could be losing out on some gains along the way so uh storage costs are very low purchasing bullion is very low uh prices price wise 
it's a very competitive market. We have to main, maintain that competition, uh, competitive pricing, and uh, we provide that, and you can see it on, on the e-store. You know, throughout the, uh, the show, these last two segments anyway, Darren, we were talking about the uh, 19 very surprising facts about the messed up state of the U.S. economy. I'll give you this one as well. It's, uh, it's, a, well, it's not a funny fact. It's more of a fun fact that uh, $40 million, $40 million has been spent just on vacations for Barack Obama and his family during his presidency. I mean, you might as well have a fun ride since you're on the way out, right? $40 million just on vacations. That's the truth of the matter, and that is the state of the union, as they say. <laughs> That's where we are seeing, and by extension, as it relates to the rest of the market, we're still seeing the fat cats get fatter. Uh, another statistic that you might want to be aware of is the fact that, uh, and again, let's address this head on, Wall Street and Bay Street are still back to getting their bonuses. Believe me, whether you perform or not, they're still getting those bonuses and walking away with big fat checks. Um, but here's another really interesting point. In 2007, the average household in the top five percentile in the U.S. had 16 and a half times as much wealth as the average household overall. But now, in 2014, the average household in the top 5% has 24 times as much wealth as the average household overall. And Paul's talked about it at length in discussing the, the idea that if I'm a, a millionaire family and I've got $50 million in net worth, and I uh, lose half of my portfolio, I still got $25 million. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, we're seeing that, you know, uh, what we would call ultra net worth families of $100 million or more, they're getting richer and richer and richer on the backs of all of this that's being done because they have a foot uh, in the credit markets. They have a foot in the lending markets. They have a foot in the uh, venture capitalist markets. And the mentality really has shifted. You can watch many of shows now. And in the old days, people were willing to take a risk on an idea. That doesn't happen anymore. You go establish yourself, use your entire family's wealth, perhaps get a good idea, perhaps not, and then we'll see if we want to throw a little bit of money behind it. And that's the way it works now. But ultimately, this is the mainstream media trying to spin this differently. And there is totally 100% uh, truth to the fact that the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. So you got to own assets and do the same types of things that the rich are doing. One of those things is owning assets like colored diamonds, and the other is silver and gold. you got to own those assets. And people all around the world are already getting involved in those assets and taking their money away from the third counterparty risk like banks and putting it into places where the banks can't get to it and governments can't get to it. And that is owning physical hard assets like gold and silver or natural fancy colored diamonds. Um, When you look at charts in terms of the purchasing of bullion in the last couple of years, you see that it's massive all around the world except in North America. North America has bought the low sentiment in precious metals, and they've decided it's not for them. Uh, in, many, in many respects, uh, those that are savvy enough to, to see a chart like that and say, wait a minute, the rest of the world isn't buying what North America is selling, that the emperor has no clothes, and that we better get our assets somewhere and our hard-earned wealth somewhere where it's going to be protected. To be able to buy precious metals at this low price and take advantage of it the way Europeans have taken advantage of it the way um, all the BRIC nations have taken advantage of it is something that you really need to look into. We highly recommend getting a precious metal investor kit, signing up to the precious metal advisor and getting this type of information at your fingertips so that you'll be excited to say, you know what, it doesn't get to look any better than this. Precious metals at at very much undervalued low, stock markets at a very much overrated high 
where it, it becomes an obvious logical choice. The number is one eight seven seven and the real money show.com. The time to start investing is right now. I want to remind you that next week on the show, on the first and second, we'll have Paul Zimniski. He's a uh, independent diamond industry analyst and consultant. The topics at that point next week uh, will be, uh, among others, diamond supply and demand, including natural fancy colored diamonds. And uh, before we wrap, I want to mention as well the natural fancy colored diamond seminar with Guild Hall, November 8th. The place for that will be the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Convention Center, address 6750 Mississauga Road. And the time on Saturday the 8th will be 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Register at guildhalldiamonds.com.